This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. President Trump shows up at Daytona, the race this weekend, America, muscle cars, patriotism, flags, fast cars, gasoline, fossil fuels, liberal heads start exploding everywhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a stack show to you for you today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN, sponsored by ExpressVPN, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Protect your data from prying eyes, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Folks, don't go anywhere. I got Daytona. I got the Andy McCabe debacle on Friday. I thought about coming back and doing another show on Friday night. I'm going to explain to you what happened behind the scenes with the real Justice Department decision going, the, the, the goings on, let's say, about Andy McCabe, who was not uh, the decision to drop the case. I was in the gym when it happened. I was like, oh man, I got to get back on the air. But I've got it all for you today. I'm actually glad I waited. <laughs> all right, folks. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Ali. Your dog's health is as important as every other member of your family, and it starts with what you feed them. But you know what's in your dog's dog? Uh, what, what's in your dog's food? Ali puts dogs first, first with, excuse me, with vet formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. Ladies and gentlemen, Ali is dog food that human beings can eat. I don't want to call it dog food. It's food your dog's eating. Look at those dogs. Look at those beauties right there. Those are our two, Baby and Linda. And the reason they look so darn good is because of Ali. Ali makes fresh meals for dogs with real, ing real ingredients. They beat out store-bought dog food at 10 to 1 on the palatability scale. Because they create customized, vet-formulated recipes made with all natural ingredients, no preservatives, and sourced from fresh U.S. family farms. Go to myali.com, answer a few questions about your dog, and they'll customize recipes to your dog. They'll ship pre-portioned meals so your pup gets a perfect portion every time. They've delivered 5 million meals and counting. Shipping is free, and if your dog doesn't like the meals, they have a money-back guarantee. Ollie's offering our listeners 60, that's 60% off your first box, plus a free bag of treats at myolli.com slash try slash Bongino. It's the best deal they have available anywhere. Go to myolli.com slash try slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 60% off, spelled myolli.com slash try slash Bongino. Go today. All right, let's go. Here you go. Joe, I did not welcome you to the show today. Don't think I missed that. I'm sorry. We have a new uh, new oh. kind of workflow going with the show. So right. welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, folks. Producer yeah. Joe, as I always ask you on Mondays, how are you today? Fine, uh, sir. Glad to be back, Jack, to do it again. Yeah, uh, one more time. I know. I know. It was a stack news. And I know on Friday yeah. you were thinking the same thing. The Justice Department drops the case yeah, against it was, Andy as a matter of fact. We had just yeah. finished recording. And I was like, darn, I got that. Don't go anywhere. But first, I really was, President yeah. Trump goes to... Yeah, they, did yeah. you see Daytona this weekend? Did you see the race at the beginning uh, at least? No, I didn't. Before I missed it. Was postponed? So President Trump shows up, for those of you that did miss it, uh, at Daytona and makes just an incredible entrance, as you can see from this video here. Air Force One comes flying in. You'll see that the, the commentators, at the, I think it was Jeff Gordon who was commenting on it. They were just like, this is amazing. This was one of those scenes like out of Top Gun where the Air Force One pilot, it was, 
uh, Colonel Tillman when I was there with the Secret Service. I don't know who's flying the plane now. He may still be. Here he is flying <laughs> with Air Force One. This is uh, Fox, uh, the Fox, not the Fox News Network, regular Fox, their channel that had this. Look at this. Check this out, folks. If you want to just uh, check us out, youtube.com slash Bongino if you want to see the visuals. But it's a visual of Air Force One coming in low and slow. This is like, hey, oh, can man. we buzz the... Can we bust the tower? Permission not granted. Hell, let's bust the tower anyway. Flying over this. I mean, this is just a really incredible video. Of course, the iconic Air Force One uh, flying over what's real America, folks. Real people who like fast cars. America. Look at that. Did you? This was on Fox, uh, the regular network station. It's just incredible. I mean, 200,000 fans watching this great symbol of the United States just fly over the stadium. And liberal heads, as I said, were exploding everywhere, ladies and gentlemen, because they just can't take the fact that President Trump is the president of the United States and that we should celebrate this great country once in a while. Not everything always has to be a political event. You know, I said this this morning. I was talking to one of the producers. I, I do Fox and Friends on Monday morning. Not kidding, not a joke. And before, you know, you sit before the segment, you just pop in and magically appear on. Yeah, you're on. I'm sitting in this chair typically about 15 minutes before the segment starts. And um, Stephanie and I were talking and I I said there, you know, it was a great moment. I'm not kidding. If it was Obama or Clinton or anyone else. That's right. Sometimes it's just a nice moment for Americans to say it's a great American sporting event. You know, for all the bad things that are going on right now, the economy's pretty good. We're still the greatest country on earth. We still have a proud military. We're still the place everybody wants to be. And the fact that the president of the United States buzzes the tower and asks over Air Force One is pretty incredible. You know, just enjoy it and then get back to the politics tomorrow on, on with this today, Monday morning. But we also saw this other great moment, too. President Trump in the parade limo. It's not the beast, although I'm giving up. Everybody's calling us. So whatever, call it the beast. President Trump taking a lap with the Secret Service drivers in the presidential limo. Just a, an unbelievable moment. It's Folks, there's so much here. I don't want to burn up a lot of your time with old Secret Service well, stories, but the there's right a lot to pick apart in this. Um, wherever the president goes, you'll notice there's a couple cars behind him. Mm-hmm. So the president took a lap at Daytona. I'm not kidding. Again, if you want to watch it, YouTube.com slash Bongino. He took a lap at Daytona in the presidential limo. Now, as many of you know, I was a Secret Service agent in that section twice, the transportation section that handles that. I was there as an agent. I went back as uh, the whip where I helped supervise the section under a GS-14. And that is the assignment of a lifetime, ladies and gentlemen. We are the only ones who drive the president of the United States, agents, that's it. We are the only ones who drive them. And to be picked for that assignment, to take a pace car-like rap, uh, oh, lap around the track. Yeah. In front, right, Joe? Yeah, in front man. of all of these cars at America's Race at Daytona. Really cool. Folks, yeah. I, I tell you, it's one of those things you just tell your kids about forever. And yeah. I, I love my job in the Secret Service. And I rarely, though, wish I had gone back. Yesterday's one of those days where I thought to myself, you know what? That would have been really cool. So President Trump, you ever want to invite me in the limo for a trip like that? <laughs> I will gladly take you up on the offer. And notice there were two cars behind them because you may say, well, why were yeah. there two Suburbans behind them? Well, folks, you never leave the Secret Service ever. We don't leave the president no matter what, whether he's taking a pace car lap or whatever. That's the follow-up vehicle that has the Secret Service agents in it. We're not leaving him no matter what, no matter what. We don't care where it is. That's a long track at Daytona. So that's why there were a couple cars behind him. All right, enough on that. Just thought I'd start off the show on a good note. That was a great, I got up, I snapped to attention. My elbows don't work very well. 
But um, they were playing the national anthem and I was standing in my living room. My daughter walked in and thought it was weird. She was wondering why I was standing. And uh, the national anthem was playing. Great event. Good job, President Trump. Very well done. All right, let's get to some meat and potatoes about what happened on Friday. So the Department of Justice, led by, of course, Attorney General Bill Barr, as many of you know, dropped the case against Andrew McCabe for lying. I want to give you the what happened, what's really going on, and some alternate theories. So a lot of you out there who've been following this case don't totally lose it, because I know a lot of you are upset, and you should be. Andrew McCabe was the deputy director and then acting director of the FBI. Why all the Spygate nonsense was going on. He was also intimately involved in the sham investigation into Hillary Clinton's abuse of government uh, or non-government email and the sharing of classified information over non-government emails. He was a central player in this whole thing. Um, I just want to be clear before I start this. I am not asking you not to be upset. A lot of you sent me email. One guy bizarrely posted on my Facebook, mad at me that Andy McCabe wasn't charged as if I was the attorney general. <laughs> Listen, if that makes you feel better to take out your rank, I did. I, I did. I'm not kidding. I read Dude. this and I'm like, what is he upset at me for? I spent two years of my life uncovering this nonsense. I wrote two books about it. If that makes you feel better, post away. I'm serious. If it's kind of some, uh, you know, uh, emotive moment that, that, that releases the pain, go right ahead. I'm just telling you, I don't think this is over yet. Let's talk about what happened first. So I hunted through the internet to find the best article to explain the behind the scenes machinations about what I think went on. And I think Andy McCarthy, good friend of mine at National Review, said it best. He's got a piece up. It'll be in the show notes. You can always find him at Bongino.com. If you want me to email them to you every morning, you can subscribe to our email list. Bongino.com slash newsletter. It's all free, of course. We'll send you these great articles. So the title is aptly, why was Andrew McCabe, uh, why wasn't Andrew McCabe charged? I almost screwed that one up there. Folks, a couple of things happened here. Let me tell you what happened first with Andrew McCabe, for those of you who are missing the background story. On October of 2016, there was a leak to the Wall Street Journal, a reporter by the name of Devlin Barrett. The leak to the Wall Street Journal was about the existence of a case into the Clintons. And you may say, well, everybody knew the FBI was investigating the Clintons. It hadn't been confirmed, ladies and gentlemen, and the FBI was doing its best to keep it under wraps. The motives for which I believe are, are multiple. I believe one of the primary motives is Jim Comey was a Hillary Clinton supporter, as we now know, and did not want to damage her election chances a month, a month before the election by indicating there was an open criminal investigation. Copy? Yep. Follow me, because this gets a little confusing. But you'll understand what happened and why, you know, the, the, what the spiral effect and the, the ball rolling down the hill after that. So the FBI doesn't confirm the existence of the Clinton investigation until this October leak. Nobody knows who leaked it. Well, except one person, Andrew McCabe. Why? Because McCabe leaked it. Andrew mm. McCabe leaked the existence of the Clinton case to the Wall Street Journal through his attorney in the FBI that time, who was in his office, Lisa Page. Yes, girlfriend of Peter Stroke, who was the Crossfire Hurricane agent investigating uh, President Trump uh, via, he was the FBI agent investigating, he was the lead FBI agent in Crossfire Hurricane. They're having an affair, those two. So Page is a primary witness in this case. Now, fairly enough, you may be saying to yourself, Dan, this doesn't make any sense. If Comey and the FBI 
at the higher up, the higher up level are trying to protect Hillary Clinton, right? Right. From this media, oh my gosh, the FBI is investigating Hillary Clinton. This would be terrible a month before the election. Why would McCabe leak it? Ah, the crux of the matter comes uh, starts to come out now. Well, Andrew McCabe's wife had been running for office, Jill McCabe, for a state senate position in Virginia and had taken lots of money from groups who are and people associated with Hillary Clinton. Okay. So McCabe at the time in October of 2016 is under intense scrutiny for being one of the guys involved in the Clinton email investigation. And they're saying, Hey, why didn't this guy recuse himself? His wife was obviously a beneficiary of the Clinton orbit money. It's only fair for an FBI official of that level of importance to recuse himself. Why didn't he recuse? Why didn't he recuse? Why didn't he recuse? That keeps coming up. So the leak to the media was thought to be a way for McCabe to make himself look better. Joe is the audience referee here. All right. Do you track me here? He's McCabe's leaking to Devlin Barrett through Lisa Page. No, no, this investigation's still ongoing. In other words, my wife running for office, that didn't affect anything. Right, 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 right. You get it? Yeah, yeah. Even though they hate Trump, Uh McCabe, it's thought, leaked it to protect his personal reputation. Yeah, that makes sense. To make it look like... He wasn't being influenced by this Department of Justice pressure to shut this case down. Now, All right. that's okay. another story out there that supposedly the DOJ was pressuring the FBI to bury this case. So now McCabe's leaking it to make it look like, look at me, I'm above this, even though my wife ran and was a <laughs> yeah, beneficiary right? of Clinton orbit support. I kept it open despite the Department of Justice's pressure to shut it down. Okay. Everybody got the background. Background's important on this. Yeah, man. Thanks for explaining. Yeah. Okay. You got it. So October 2016, the leak happens about the existence of the case. In May of 2017, the FBI Inspections Division, the equivalent of their internal affairs, interviews McCabe under oath. They've got an idea that McCabe was the leaker of this story. Under oath, they interview McCabe. McCabe lies about it. This is not open for dispute. The motives for his lying, you can dispute all you want. The fact that he's under oath, they have records of the interview. McCabe in May of 2017, months after the October leak, tells the FBI internal affairs section, I didn't leak it. That's obviously false. McCabe leaked. That's not in question that McCabe leaked the story anymore. Okay? Mm -hmm. It gets worse. In July, just months after that, under oath again. And I believe recorded, by the way, the inspector general's office investigating this case. The Michael Horowitz crew interviews McCabe about the leak. He again denies the leak. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the leaker. Everybody knows it. He denies it again. You may say this is open and shut, folks. Why is he not being prosecuted for false statements? I'll get to some of the theories in a minute, but I want you to still have this background here. Finally, in August, he's interviewed a third time. He calls him back and says, hey, um, I kind of sort of may have leaked that information, but I didn't really leak it because I had any. <laughs> Don't even lie. I know it's funny because you're, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait, I'm Papadopoulos was prosecuted for this. Mike <laughs> Flynn was prosecuted for this. And I didn't even think he lied. I, that's why I'm not telling you not to be mad about this. I'm just telling you what happened. As Joe always says, one hour, we give you the facts. So in August, he calls back McCabe and says, well, I kind of may have sort of leaked it, but 
because I'm Andy McCabe, deputy director of the FBI, and I'm so important. When the interview happened, it was kind of in passing. I had a lot of things going on. I was too busy to recollect the whole story. So I didn't really lie intentionally. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I, I, and, he, and he totally, totally blows the whole thing. He was not interviewed in a hallway in passing. He was put under oath by FBI agents and Inspector General, uh, um, Inspector General investigators who made it crystal clear what they were there to talk to him about. That's nonsense. He's trying to reframe it like, oh, it wasn't a lie intentionally to get his, uh, you know, his mens rea clear, his motives. Uh, it wasn't an intentional lie. I just misspoke. Funny how when you're aligned with Democrats like Andy McCabe is, they love him. You know, you're allowed to misspeak. Yeah. But God forbid you're associated with the Trump war, but you misspeak once, you're getting the silver bracelets on it. You're going to, uh, you're getting handcuffs. Now, so we now know he lied. We know he admits lying because he gives this August interview and admits lying. He just says, well, I wasn't, you know, when I lied, I just got confused. I was too busy. There's too much going on. Showing you the depravity of this guy, Andy McCabe, how troubled of a human being this guy really is. He is the number two official in the FBI. He knows he leaked the story in October of 2016. The next day after the story comes out in the Wall Street Journal in October of 2016, he's the leaker. This nut calls the New York field office of the FBI NIFO and the Washington field office of the FBI and starts reaming out the supervisors there, the special agents in charge yeah. and the bosses for what, Joe? The leak. The leak. leak. Yeah, the leak. You guys get a, better get damn control of your information. You understand? The hell's wrong with you? This is how sick this guy is. He's the deputy director of the FBI. He's leaking stories to make himself look better. There's no legitimate law enforcement function for this leak whatsoever, other than to make himself look better. He then does it and calls and yells at the two supervisors from the New York field office and the Washington field office to make it seem like, I know what he was doing, to make mm -hmm. it seem like he was really mad so it attracts, uh, it takes the attention away from him and puts it on everybody else. Folks, this story is staggering. This is yeah. a troubled guy. But these are the left's new icons. These are their new saints. These people are to be beatified. Liars, frauds, cheats. I mean, people with really corrupt moral character. He calls the officers yelling at them for a leak he did. That actually happened. We know about that now. Okay, this story gets worse now. So now this is being investigated, his lying under oath and lying to agents, which is a, a crime. A crime again, Mike Flynn, I'll get to that later, and George Papadopoulos were prosecuted for Roger Stone as well, lying under oath. So why no charges? Let's go to the National Review piece again, Andy McCarthy. Andy McCarthy has a few interesting theories on this. One of them I agree with. Let me, uh, let, let me just read this first, and I'll explain the couple of reasons what might have happened behind the scenes, behind this ridiculous decision. Quote, no matter the outcome, the DOJ uh, stood to take some hits if McCabe had been charged. Focus on McCabe's leak would have drawn attention to the pressure DOJ officials had put on the FBI over the Clinton Foundation investigation, which reportedly is likely to be closed without charges. 
It would also renew interest in the question of whether the FBI improperly allowed McCabe to play a role in Clinton-related investigations when his wife is a political candidate, got major funding from Clinton-tied sources. Let's go to this one first. Great analysis by Andy, and I agree. This is where I believe the swamp, internal officials in the DOJ, are just like ticks. They're embedded in the system and they they are desperate to not expose what happened here. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Democracy dies in the darkness, as the Washington Post hilariously says, because they're the darkness themselves. And this is also the swamp pulling the shades. They know two things will happen if McCabe is prosecuted. Number one, the DOJ, the stories out there, was putting heavy pressure on the Bureau, as Andy says there, to dump the Clinton case. Why? We can speculate on motives over and mm. over again. I think the motive is obvious. The DOJ had been populated, as I said, on Fox and Friends this morning with leftists. Of course, they don't want to prosecute the Clinton Foundation. These are Democrats, and Mrs. Clinton was running for president. They don't want to damage their political, uh, you know, golden calves, basically, right before the presidential election. It, the motive, I believe, is very simple. By prosecuting McCabe, and opening that case, it'll go to trial. McCabe is not going to take a plea deal. <clears throat> not a chance. By opening that up, ladies and gentlemen, McCabe is going to go there and testify, and they're afraid he may testify. <laughs> afraid he may testify about the Department of Justice under Loretta Lynch and the Obama administration putting pressure on them to shut the Clinton Foundation case down. You may say, but McCabe's a fan of Clinton and others. He may be. We know he doesn't like Trump. But he ain't going to jail for anybody. You dig? Mm -hmm. There's motivation number one. You may say, well, that doesn't sound fair. Who told you it was fair? Yeah, yeah. You want fair? Watch that movie, uh, what was it? A final analysis or something. You want fair? Go to a mm, house. You want, uh, 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 what, what does it say? You want No, you want justice? <laughs> you want to get screwed? Go to court. That was, you ever see that movie, Final Analysis? I had to buy it the other day. I was looking for the clip. I can't find it. I don't feel like scrolling through the whole movie. The, the, you, I'm not telling you this is fair. I'm telling you I do a show where you deserve the truth. The DOJ is terrified. They're terrified that their pressure they put on to shut the investigation of Clintons down is all going to come to light because McCabe will open up on them. Secondly, the FBI is afraid you know, the DOJ, I just told you why the DOJ is afraid. The FBI is afraid that their continued permissions from McCabe, allowing him to be a central figure in the Clinton case for a long time until he recused, while his wife was running for political office and the beneficiary, a beneficiary of Clinton's fear, money, and influence, the FBI is afraid that people are going to start saying, wait, what? Your husband, Jill McCabe, was a senior level... Uh, Manager at the FBI managing the investigation to Clinton while you were the beneficiary of the Democratic Clinton machine? The FBI doesn't want that out there either. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody is Praetorian guards surrounding their people and protecting their folks. I know it's not cozy. I know it's not cute. But it is. And me not telling you about it does me no good and you no good either. Again, if you want to send me the emails and I'm not kidding. You want to yell at me for that? I'm, I'm not messing with it. It's okay. It's okay. I'm here for I'm not joking. I'm not being sarcastic. If it makes you feel better, I, I need, because I, I want you to feel, I don't want you to, and I don't want you to be depressed either. 
We are winning here. You may say, how, how? We are winning. We are winning. It's a slow process. Ladies and gentlemen, these people have spent 20 years embedding themselves in the bureaucracy. Don't lose faith yet. There are things happening, not as fast as we'd like. The system's clearly corrupt, but there are some good things happening. I don't want you to be depressed all day. We still live in the greatest country on earth, and there are some good things happening. But let me explain to you another angle about what's happening here. On, I'd say, kind of a good side. It's not just that the DOJ is panicking about the sunlight coming out on them and the FBI if McCabe starts talking in a trial. Yeah. They tried to nail someone from the Clinton orbit, the DOJ. You may say, no, they didn't, Dan. Everybody got off scot-free. No, they didn't, folks. They didn't. Okay, not everybody got off scot-free. Greg Craig, who was Obama's former White House lawyer. You don't remember that case, do you? Yeah, I remember Greg Craig. Yeah. You do, I know, because yeah. you you got you're forced to listen to me every day. We worked together. <laughs> some of you in the audience, you all time listeners, okay. remember Greg Craig played a critical role in some of my older shows. He was Obama's former White House lawyer. Greg Craig worked at a company with Paul Manafort and was working on some of those Ukraine issues Manafort was prosecuted on. Yes, Obama's former White House lawyer. I messed that up. Not Bush, Obama. Because of Greg Craig's work on some of those similar issues Manafort was prosecuted on, Greg Craig was prosecuted as well. Greg Craig won his case in trial resoundingly. It was thrown out almost immediately. It was a tough case, folks. But the DOJ made it. You may say, what does that have anything to do with McCabe? Andy McCarthy brings this up in his piece too. I swear though, I thought about this this weekend too. That's why I bring it up his piece. And when he said it, I'm like, yes, he's absolutely right. I think there's a little whiplash over that. They were humiliated in the Greg Craig case. Because Obama people, the jury pool in DC is terrible, ladies and gentlemen. The jury pool in DC, I mean, I don't mean terrible that they're terrible people. I mean, it's clearly 92% of people supported Hillary Clinton. And sadly, these cases have been tainted by political influence and people who lean left are going to be more apt to give a dismissal. I'm sorry. Finding independent non-political jurors, as we saw with the Roger Stone case in that area is exceedingly difficult. And I think the justice department recognized after taking a big L big L on the Greg Craig case, who was affiliated with the Obama administration, that McCabe's a cult hero to the left and that this case was a loser. Folks, I'm not asking you to like any of this. I don't like it. You shouldn't it like it. No. It is, you know, I hate that line, but there are, we used to say in the Secret Service, but you're right. There are times when it just is what it is. We don't have to be happy about any of this. Right. I'm going to give you some stuff to be happy about because you may say, where's the good part of the show? It's coming. Don't worry. Let me add one more thing here that Andy, Andy McCarthy brings up in the piece before we move into the good stuff, what I think is coming and what I think. Why I think Andy McCabe and Lisa Page, who sent out some ridiculous tweet like toasting, cheers, Andy, nice job. You may want to hold that tweet, Lisa. By the way, I'm, I'm saving all these pictures for something, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> I started up to open this segment saying to you, Joe, who was the, who's the main witness in the case against Andy McCabe? Lisa Page, the lawyer who worked for him, who McCabe told to leak the story to the Wall Street Journal. 
Lisa Page isn't going to testify against McCabe. She's sending him wine glass shots saying, cheers, Andy. Nice work this weekend. Folks, it's like having a murder case where nobody wants to testify who are eyewitnesses. I didn't see anything. Eventually, I'm not suggesting you have to like the murder. I'm simply suggesting you have no case. Nobody saw anything. Dreaded air quotes. Uh, Folks, please, I'm not suggesting you have to like it. I'm just telling you, I don't think Barr is crazy. And I don't think he abandoned you. I think he is trading a loser case they were going to lose for something a lot bigger. And you know who agrees with me, by the way? And I'll get to this in a second after I sponsor. You know who agrees with me? Andrew Weissman. Who's that? Remember Mueller's mm-hmm. lieutenant on the Mueller probe? Yeah. The, one of the worst lawyers in America, Andrew sure Weissman? Yeah. He agrees with me. I'll get to that in a minute. Now comes the good news. A lot of bad news, some good news. All right, today's show also brought to my buddies at Teeter. I'd be lost without Teeter, especially after rough nights. You can probably tell a couple of stumbles and my daughter was sick. So I feel good, Don't worry, but my daughter's a little sick, so we're taking care of her. She's inside. How you feeling, Amelia? She says, um, good. We gave her some Advil this morning. She had a rough night last time. My poor girl felt so bad. When your kids hurt, you just want to take the pain away from them so bad. I need my teeter inversion table today. I used it before the show. What is a teeter inversion table? Well, it helps you use gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressures on your discs and surrounding nerves. You gently turn over like that. I get the teeter high from it, which I love, but it elongates, stretches out your spine, your hips. It's great for my sore, sore, sore shoulders. If you have back pain, if you've been lucky enough to avoid back and joint pain, it's not just back pain, folks. I use it, honestly, because my, my shoulders get to loosen up too. You need a teeter. Invert every day and keep your back and your joints feeling supple and feeling great. I feel like a new man when I get off it. I love it. I'd be lost without my teeter inversion table. It's good for my shoulders too. Some products I talk about, I use regularly. Some I don't. I use this twice a day. I've done my homework. Teeter's the best inversion table on the market. Over 3 million, 3 million people have put their trust in teeter. They're the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. For a limited time, you can get Teeter, T-E-E-T-E-R's new upgraded model of the inversion table, the Teeter Fit Spine with bonus accessories, stretch max handles, which I love. You get to get that extra stretch in there, an easy reach ankle system, plus a free inversion program mat for the ultimate inversion experience. Teeter inversion tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon. You got to read some of the reviews. It goes change your life. And they're rated at 4.9 stars. With this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to Teeter. T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan, D-A-N. Free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee included. There's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new feeder, uh, <laughs> Teeter Fitzbine. Teeter Fitzbine, say that for inversion table, plus free inversion program app by going to teeter.com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan. Check this thing out. It is money. I love this thing. It's so good. $150 off teeter.com slash Dan. Okay. <clears throat> Here comes the good news. So we laid out what Andy McCabe did. We laid out some of the behind the scenes reasons that I don't believe he's being prosecuted. The case right. is a loser. You have no witnesses. Secondly, the DOJ is covering up their pressure on the FBI. They don't want McCabe talking about that to drop the Clinton case. The FBI is covering up, letting McCabe be involved in the Clinton case at all. They don't want him talking about that either. So it's basically a loser all around and the swamp is covering it for itself. And you know, again, you don't have any cooperating witnesses, but Bill Barr is not um, as dumb as the left-wing media wants you to believe there. I'm kind of upset all the people piling on Barr. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm still convinced Barr is a friendly. 
until I hear otherwise. I'm hearing from people in the know that he is genuinely concerned about the Spygate affair, the Clinton affair, the, the, the corrupting of the government intelligence infrastructure, that this, these are real concerns. And like I said, uh, I think he's dropping this loser case for something bigger. And Andrew Weissman agrees. Check out this piece of PJ Media. It's a good one. Again, up at the show notes, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Um, subscribe to our newsletter for free. We'll send you these great articles every day. Uh, this is by Rick Moran at uh, PJ Media. Top Mueller prosecutor, talk about Weissman, says the DOJ starting a new investigation into Comey, McCabe, and Stroke. Wait, what? Huh? I thought this was all over. The left-wing media and all the people involved in a lot of hysterics this weekend said, it's over. Justice is dead. McCabe's getting a pass. They're all getting off. Whatever. This, nothing's going to happen ever. Listen, I don't, I don't know. I told you a long time ago, I wasn't sure a lot of these people were ever going to be prosecuted. You got mad at me for that. Now it comes true and you're mad at me because you think I didn't tell you. I warned you. But that was before Bill Barr. I believe he's looking into something bigger. What is it that he's looking into? Let's go to this little uh, snapshot from the PJ Media piece. Quote, an interesting twist is arising from the decision of A.G. Barr to name an outside counsel, Jeffrey Jensen, to investigate the Mike Flynn case. Wait, what? There's what? a special counsel looking into the Mike Flynn case right at the same time they dropped the McCabe case. It goes on. The former top prosecutor on special counsel, Robert Mueller's team, talking about Andrew Weissman, who's no friend of ours, folks, says it's a ploy by Barr and it's a ruse. So that the DOJ can open up a new investigation into former FBI officials, Jim Comey, Andy McCabe, and Peter Stroke. Now, I agree with Weissman on a couple of points. I don't agree it's a ruse. It's an open and transparent measure by Barr to finally figure out why Mike Flynn was prosecuted for false statements, making false statements that the FBI said weren't false. While Andy McCabe is getting a pass, folks, you made this may sound Joe audience referee hat on, please. Yeah, um, this is what I mean, folks. Bill Barr is interested in actual justice, not liberal justice, which is police state tyranny. He understands the case against Mike Flynn for false statements is a loser, a loser. In order to make the point that this is a loser. And finally find out why the DOJ and FBI and everyone else pushed to prosecute this decorated lieutenant general. He can't then go simultaneously and prosecute Andy McCabe on a same loser case while trying to make the case that these are loser cases. Mm -hmm. Please tell me you dig. I dig, you dig. but I, I don't think I would have ever thought to look at it like that. You know, straight up he with you. He can't do Right. This is why this is all happening at the same time. All right. It's very, it's, listen, it's not seven dimensional chess. It's very simple. Okay. Barr is trying to make the case that the Department of Justice under Obama was a swamp dominated by political, not legal decisions. He knows the case for false statements, even though McCabe admitted it, is a loser in court. Look, folks, I was a federal agent. Nobody prosecutes these cases. He is going to try to make an example out of that political process by using the Flynn case, who was prosecuted on the same false statement, statement charge disingenuously, as an example of what shouldn't happen. So what does he do? The DOJ dumps the case for these various reasons against McCabe. 
while in the same time frame appointing a special counsel to look into Mike Flynn. And ladies and gentlemen, this is going to get ugly. Why is what happened to Mike Flynn of such interest to Bill Barr and everyone else? I don't need the Nunes translator for this one, Joe, because sometimes Devin Nunes, great congressman from California, who's been uncovering all this nonsense, deep state, swamp rat garbage for a long time. Nunes is pretty straightforward on this one. This Copy. is a uh, interview with uh, Sarada Shami, forgive me for saying your name wrong, from the Washington Examiner. And in this interview, it's about a minute plus clip. Devin Nunes lays out pretty clearly why Mike Flynn was prosecuted by a swampy, politicized DOJ for a nonsense crime. Uh, this wasn't a crime at all. Nunes clearly lays out two reasons why Flynn became a target. One being his exposing of the malicious Iran deal. And secondly, Flynn's outspoken nature about the politicization of uh, the politics in the Justice Department, the intelligence community. And another thing was also Flynn exposing how Al-Qaeda wasn't crushed under the Obama administration, contrary to some of their protestations otherwise. Here's Devin Nunes on Mike Flynn. Check this out. That was why he was, it was, it was Iran and his, and his concern about the growth of, of Al-Qaeda in Iraq, the regrowth of Al-Qaeda in Iraq that became ISIS. Mm -hmm. It was those two issues, I believe, why he was fired. And then following So he the was fired, and then that's when he started. And then he, he began, you have to remember, he then began helping. I remember he came and briefed us. After he had been fired, he came in to brief us in uh, 2015. He wasn't with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. He was willing to help out any candidates, including Democrats, because he was a Democrat. Right. You know, this, all this is lost on people. Um, what's happened to him is, is just a real, a real shame. And then as the Trump campaign started rolling, uh, President Trump trusted him. They brought General Flynn in to brief President Trump, who had been you know, a business guy, very good at, at building things and hotels and golf courses. And uh, I would also say he was also good. You know, he was a Hollywood guy, you know, had the apprentice show. Those were his strengths. Right. So he needed somebody like General Flynn who had been around, who could explain Hey, here's what's here's what's happened. So it made sense as one of the few, um, you know, kind of swamp creatures to support uh, Trump as a candidate. It made sense that he would become the national security advisor. And then he was I believe he was targeted because he knew where all the bodies were buried and he knew that the that the Obama administration had seated here in Washington at the highest levels of of the intelligence agencies, a bunch of people that he knew were not, uh, were not up to par. You dig? Mm-hmm. So let's get in Bill Barr's head. I can't read his mind, but I'm going to try. The case against McCabe is a loser. False statements is a weak charge. We don't have enough witnesses. Why are we bringing these cases? Let that go on Friday. Right around the same time. By the way, Let's get a special counsel on the outside while everybody's distracted with the McCabe stuff, by the way. Let's get a special counsel to look into this Flynn thing. While we're on the topic of loser cases being brought to the DOJ for false statements like we just said about McCabe, let's look into this loser case. Mike Flynn, a case where you said the FBI that he lied to the FBI, even though the FBI said in their own memos he didn't lie. Let's give a second little look-see at this case while you're all distracted with the McCabe stuff in my interview with ABC. Let's 
look into why you prosecuted a guy in a loser case who just conveniently objected to Obama's Iran deal while being targeted by Obama's intel operation. A guy who was outspoken that Al-Qaeda was not dead. GM's alive and Al-Qaeda's dead. Remember the Obama administration, <laughs> their uh, re-election campaign? Oh, Al-Qaeda wasn't dead. And Flynn was sounding the alarm. And third, Flynn was helping not only Republicans, but Democrats expose the swamp and the politics that had infested the DOJ intelligence community and elsewhere. Now you know why Bill Barr is looking into why Flynn was prosecuted on a loser case. Mm. And he's he's pointing an outside counsel to oversee what's going on here. Because he knows what that outside counsel is going to find, which is massive FBI malfeasance, a conspiracy, a legitimate one between McCabe, Comey, and upper echelon levels and members of the FBI to make sure Mike Flynn was permanently damaged, arrested, kicked out, or given the Hester Prynne treatment. That's why he was targeted. Now, how did they do it? <clears throat> this is where this gets interesting. Let me hat tip my, some of my sources, 279 and others, because this is where this gets fascinating. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to remember the targeting of Mike Flynn because of what I just told you, him, him willing to expose the swamp and the abuse of this charge to do it, was done in such a sloppy, stupid way. You're, you're astonished that career law enforcement professionals thought this wouldn't be uncovered. Let me go to this first, because this will make sense for you. Let me go back to this IG report footnote from the IG report. This will make sense. On August 10th, as you can see from the IG report, by August 10th of 2016, the FBI, this is a footnote in the IG's report about the Crossfire Hurricane case. Remember, the FBI says they didn't get the dossier till September. But by August 10th, the FBI had assembled an investigative team and was conducting an initial analysis of links between the Trump campaign members and Russia. How is that, Joe? The only I, place this allegation amazing. exists is in the dossier, which they say they don't have till September. The footnote goes on. Based on this analysis on August 10th, the FBI opened individual cases under uh, Crossfire Hurricane's umbrella on three persons, Papadopoulos, Carter Page, and Manafort. On August 16th, six days later, they opened up a case on a fourth individual, Mike Flynn. Really? How did Mike Flynn become a target? Ladies and gentlemen, let me be crystal clear. The Trump-Russia stuff in that footnote on the IG report, the FBI says it's uh, investigated on August 10th. And the Mike Flynn-Russia connections are all fairy tales. They're fake. They're Aesop's fables. They're hoaxes. And they exist only in one place, in the mind of Hillary Clinton's paid Fusion GPS Christopher Steele dossier operatives. Those charges are false. So if they only exist in the dossier, which the FBI is saying it didn't get till September, but they're opening up a case on August 10th based on the charges in the dossier and nowhere else, then somebody's lying, folks. 
And it is obviously the FBI officials who are telling you they didn't get the dossier until September. And why are they telling you that? Because they still to this day want you to believe they opened this case because the Australians tipped off the United States about the boozy London bar meeting with Papadopoulos, who could have disclosed that the Russians had dirt on Hillary. That story is garbage. Throw it in the trash heap. Forget it. It's like it never happened. This case was open because Hillary Clinton paid for it to be open with a dossier. You don't believe me? Let me show you a dossier, a memo from the dossier written by Christopher Steele, allegedly. And let me show you the date. Remember, though, Joe, they didn't get this till September, uh, September 19th. Right. According right. to the FBI. Gotcha. So here's one of the company intelligence reports written by Steele, otherwise known as memos in the dossier. You'll notice something interesting here. All of the names in this. Let me read you one bullet point from this Steele dossier. Kremlin, the Kremlin engaging with several high profile U.S. players, including Stein, talking about Jill Stein, Carter Page, and former DIA director Michael Flynn. You notice something different about Mike Flynn and his name? Those regular listeners, you'll notice if you want to see mm -hmm. youtube.com slash Bongino, you don't need to see it to understand what's going on. I remember. Ladies and gentlemen, so this is a dossier from uh, Steele, and it's alleging that Mike Flynn is engaging with the Kremlin with others. But it's interesting because Mike Flynn's name is put in parentheses, and it's the only name in the entire report that's not in all caps, almost as if it was added later, like somebody needed something. Almost like on August 10th, they wanted to open up a case against Mike Flynn because he was about to expose the swamp. So they open up a case on three others to distract people. Hey, open mm -hmm. up on these three first, and we'll open up on Flynn ten, uh, six days later on August 16th. So it'll make it look like this isn't all about Flynn. What's the date on that dossier when they got this dossier? That Remember, the FBI is saying they got in September. Well, if we go back to it and you look at page two of that dossier, Oh, August 10th, oh, 2016. Oh. Isn't, that Isn't that special church lady style? <laughs> yeah, it is. Did you read my book, Exonerated, folks? There's a chapter in my book. It's called Exonerated, available on Amazon. Please pick it up. There's a chapter called The Plug and Play Scheme. You may say, what's that? I owe you an explanation about what I think happened to you. Folks, the FBI and the Obama administration obviously want Flynn gone. They want Flynn out. McCabe doesn't like him. We know that. They want Flynn dirtied up and out. They have nothing on Flynn. Zero. He did nothing wrong. They have nothing on Flynn. So if I have nothing on Joe and I want to investigate Joe for a crime that he didn't commit to dirty him up, I just make it up. But I can't make it up myself. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I just go to the opposition party who's paying this researcher, Christopher Steele, say, hey, you got something on Flynn? Mm. Well, I have this August 10th memo about Carter Page and Jill Stein. Hey, can you throw Flynn in there too? Do you notice he's the only name, not in all yeah. caps, and it's in yeah. parentheses like it was added in later? Carter Page, Jill Stein are, are, are corrupted by the Kremlin. Go back and add. And Mike Flynn too. It's the only name not capitalized. Almost like it was added in later. To give the FBI information on August 10th, they needed to open up on Flynn when he was the target the whole time because he was looking at them and everyone else for their swampy swampiness. Now you see why, folks, ladies and gentlemen, not everything's what you think it is.
as I discussed on Friday's show, why they're dropping the loser case against McCabe to focus on the non-loser case, to focus on a special counsel or a count, an independent counsel looking in to what happened in the Flynn case. You understand why the Flynn case is so important and why Andrew Weissman, known Trump hater, and, and, and Mueller lieutenant, now you see why Weissman's panicking? Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just a ruse. Be careful. They're really looking into Flynn. Why is Weissman worried about that? Because it was about Flynn the whole time. And they opened up on Flynn crystal clear because of the dossier. And they're lying to you and telling you they didn't get the dossier until September. So it doesn't look like they opened up a case on Mike Flynn because of the dossier. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. Let me get to my final sponsor today. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at iTarget. Ladies and gentlemen, you own a pistol. You own a rifle out there. If you do, you have two responsibilities. You have to be safe with it, obviously, but you have to be proficient as well. God forbid you're involved in a life or death scenario. You have to protect yourself or your family. You have to be able to engage proficiently. I don't know about you. I don't get out the range that much anymore. I'm just really busy. I know it's hard. You know, you got to get your firearms out there. You got to clean them afterwards. You have to buy the ammo, get them loaded up. It takes a while. The range is great and you should go there, but it is expensive too. I have a great solution for you. It'll save time and save you money. It'll make you a better shot as well. It's called iTarget Pro. I get tremendous, tremendous reviews on this. Some people can't even put this thing down. They have an app and it works with a laser round they send you. You insert the laser round, the firearm you have now. No manipulations necessary whatsoever. You don't have to buy special barrels, any fancy equipment. They have nine millimeter rounds. They have rounds that go in. They have two, two, three, five, five, six. Goes in the rifle or pistol you have now. You get to practice in the safety and security of your own home and practice your dry fire training. Dry fire training is, is practicing depressing the trigger on your firearm, of course, with no round in it. The problem is you don't know where the round would have hit the target because it's dry. Well, with the laser round, it'll emit a laser and you can see exactly where the rounds would have gone. Dry fire training will help you develop muscle memory, target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, sight picture, and more. This is critical. This means less driving to the range, less ammo, and less money spent. Right now, get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code DAN. We still need to fight for our Second Amendment rights, so get the iTarget Pro before they try to ban that too. Take your skill to the next level, safety and uh, safely and effectively. That's the letter I. Go to itargetpro.com. The letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Use offer code DAN for 10% off. You're going to love this system. Train, folks. It matters. You got to train with that firearm. Okay. So getting back to that. Now you know, I think we've kind of summed up why the Flynn case is a big deal. Flynn was going to break down and expose the entire swamp for what it was. The Obama team couldn't have it. The FBI team didn't like him either. McCabe had some personal animus we know against Flynn. McCabe, uh, <clears throat> McCabe made Flynn target and public enemy number one. They had to prosecute Flynn. They had nothing on Flynn. So they just made it up with this dossier in order to hide them using a fake dossier paid for by Hillary to, uh, to prosecute and target a decorated lieutenant general in the U.S. military. They said they didn't get the dossier until September. They are lying. They are lying. You saw the date. August 10th, the same day they open up these on these three people, which I believe also is a ruse. They're opening up on these three people and then they open up a case six days later on Flynn to make it look like Flynn's not their primary target when in fact he was on August 10th. They had to shut him down before he shut them down. Now, one of the key questions has been, well, how is Steele getting all this information? 
Folks, I brought up on Friday, and I'll bring up again. This is one of the biggest scams. One of my cop friends called me about this. He can't believe it because he used informants all the time when he was in the gang squad. They investigated uh, street gangs. The question now is if they're clearly using steel paid for by Fusion, managed by Hillary Clinton's team to generate false information, what I call in my book, exonerated, the plug and play scheme. In other words, you need a false charge against someone, Joe, Carter Page, Flynn, Donald Trump. You just call up Steele and he plugs and plays. He gives you whatever false charge you want. What do you need to say? You want to say Flynn's colluding with the Kremlin and the Russians? Don't worry, go to Steele. He'll say it for us. He'll hand you a dossier. Hmm. I have multiple examples in my book of how this plug and play scheme worked, but even worse, Ladies and gentlemen, I believe the plug and play scheme, the quote machine they were using as, uh, as we call them too. You need a quote, go to Steele. He'll quote you anything. He'll write anything in the dossier you want. One of the troubling components of this is I believe it was a two-way street. Folks, my buddy, my cop friend, I said, call me on this. He couldn't believe it. How do you have an informant that's a two-way street? Now, Confirming my suspicions, a terrific article in Real Clear Investigations by a great investigator, uh, Eric Felton. This will be in the show notes. This is a must read. Buried in the IG report, something we've been talking about for a long time. How an FBI team in Rome gave Christopher Steele highly guarded secrets. Whoa, whoa. T.O., baby. T.O., time out on the field. I thought Christopher Steele had the highly guarded secrets and was giving them to the FBI. Yeah. Now we find out the FBI was giving Steele highly guarded secrets back. Let me walk through this custody chain. Steele talks to the FBI that then goes and checks his information, auto-corrects it, adds some information to it, gives it back to Steele, who gives it to Hillary, who then pushes the FBI to investigate Donald Trump. Does that sound kind of like a problem? Because it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're using informants, it's not supposed to be a two-way street. If some informant I think may be lying is trying to tell me Joe robbed the bank, I then run a, a history of the video of the bank and find out the bank wasn't robbed. I don't then go back and correct the informant's dates for him. Well, maybe Joe robbed the bank last year instead. The informant, let me go write a dossier on that then. Yeah. If I go and pull the file from the day the informant says Joe robbed the bank, the video, and there's no evidence the bank was robbed that day, I don't pass it on the informant so he can autocorrect his information. I go to the informant and say, your information's no good. You better go shake the tree some more. And that does happen. And maybe he comes back and figures out the real date. Who knows? Maybe the informant's right. Maybe Joe did rob a bank and mm -hmm. he got the date wrong. So the informant goes back to his street sources. Hey, what are you hearing about Joe? I heard he robbed the bank in July. Then the informant comes back a few days later. Hey, Joe robbed the bank in July. You're sitting there with your notes. You know what happened. You have the video. Ding, ding, ding. He's right. Okay, guy's credible. He just screwed up. You don't auto-correct his information to make it a two-way street. From the real clear piece, look at this footnote, this Eric Felton piece. This is, again, from the IG report. The IG examined whether the FBI disclosed classified information to steal during their meeting in early October. They determined that case agent, two, uh, case agent Two did when he discussed information with Steele that the FBI received from the friendly foreign government and that he did not have prior authorization to make the disclosure. 
Then it goes on with yeah, all kinds of Horowitz, who I don't really trust, I'll be honest with the IG, giving all kinds of reasons why this is possible. Oh, this could have happened. I would have miscommunicated, whatever. It doesn't matter. The FBI is using a source in the biggest counterintelligence investigation in modern history, trying to say that Mike Flynn, Carter Page, and Donald Trump, and Michael Cohen and others are colluding with the Russians and they're auto-correcting his information. This is stunning. This is stunning. Astonishing. I warned you about this last week. It's in the IG report. Felton's piece is great. They're auto-correcting his information to make an unreliable source with BS lies for information. They're lies to make his information seem real instead of making the source go back and shake his trees and show you what he knows. The FBI is telling him what he doesn't know. And then he comes back with the same information. Look how reliable I am. I just found out the Australians may be involved too. Wait, wait, wait. We told you that. No, no, I got it from a source. How would you know? The FBI is his source. <laughs> yeah. The FBI steals source. Now, why am I bringing up this autocorrect two-way street thing? Because don't you find it odd that Steele submits a dossier dated August 10th that talks about Carter, Page, and others? The FBI opens up a case on August 10th against them. And then the August 10th thing has what appears to be Mike Flynn's name randomly thrown in there in parentheses and not in caps like it was put in at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Was that a two-way street? Was that an autocorrect? Is there an yeah. original version of that August 10th dossier? It doesn't have Mike Flynn's name on it. And the Bureau's like, hey, you know, we could really use some information on Mike Flynn in this one, too. Hold on. Let me go in the next room. You got a <laughs> yeah. printer, fellas? Yeah, which, can I get the airdrop printer? Printer, FBI 67. Uh, hold on. Be back in a minute. Guys, this is crazy. I got a new dossier, new information from my source. New. Look, Mike Flynn's involved in it, too. Nice. Good job, Steele. You're so good. Now, you think this is all some crazy conspiracy theory that Steele's source was the FBI in the State Department in some cases, feeding them back and forth in a two-way street? You now know it's in the IG report. It's not a conspiracy theory. I'm going to end the show with this one. Where else did this happen? The autocorrect function for Steele, who's saying he has sources, but is using the Obama administration's FBI. Did Steele also use the Obama administration's State Department as a source while claiming to have sources in Russia? <laughs> you remember this doozy? Here's a note by Kathleen Kavalek. Who's Kathleen Kavalek? Kathleen Kavalek is a State Department official under the Obama administration, the State Department run by John Kerry and Hillary Clinton. She meets with Christopher Steele. Look at the date, hat tip 279 on this. She meets with him on October 11th of 2016. These are her handwritten notes from that interview of Christopher Steele. 
Notice on the second page, remember the date. This is October 11th. Keep that in your head of 2016. On the second page, in her handwritten notes, Steele is telling her something about Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, going to Prague. Remember Mm -hmm. that allegation, folks? Mm -hmm. That allegation exists only in the dossier. It's fake. It's been debunked six different ways from Sunday. That Trump's lawyer at the time, Michael Cohen, went to Prague to basically pay off the Russians for this whole election conspiracy. Remember that? It's fake. It's nonsense. It's made up. Uh, It's never happened. That's not what Steele, keep this up one more minute. It's not what Steele told the State Department on October 11th of 2016. Clear as day, Steele, because she tells her her notes, Steele said something about Michael Cohen going to Prague on that date. Was there another autocorrect here? Let's go back to another memo. Remember, the dossier is a compilation of Steele's memos, just like the Mike Flynn August 10th one that the FBI says they didn't get till September. Yeah, sure. Let's look at this dossier. Dated October 19, 2016. Joe, if I'm correct, that's after October 11th, right? Yes, sir, it is. I'm not crazy. Thank you. Thank you. I'd be lost without you as the audience referee (laughs) here. It's a tough one. Here is this dossier, Steel Rub. His source, this alleged Kremlin insider, was unsure of the identities of the PA officials with whom Cohen met secretly in August. Or the exact date and location of the meeting. Really? Hmm. Scratching my head here. So Cohen on October 11th tells the Obama State Department, October 11th of 2016, clearly that he knows Michael Cohen was in Prague to meet with these people to set up this whole illicit scheme. But then eight days later, he writes a dossier memo that says, oh, uh, my sources all of a sudden are unsure about where that meeting happened. Mm. Don't you find it odd that Kathleen Kavalek, the State Department official interviewing with Steele eight days before he wrote that memo, acknowledges in her typewritten and handwritten notes that she's doing data checks during the interview? For, for example, uh, Steele says at one point that the whole thing's being coordinated out of the Russian consulate in Miami. She notes in her, in her file, <laughs> there is no Russian consulate in Miami. No. She also notes that she's checking travel histories for these two Russians during the interview. Tell me you dig. Yeah, is man. it possible she's checking Cohen's travel history when he's telling her on October 11th, oh, he went to Prague. She's checking Cohen's, pra- we know Cohen's never been to Prague. Was Kathleen Kavalek passing that back to Steele? who then goes back and up, updates his memo. Sources told me they're not now sure where the meeting was. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were sure eight days ago. Eight days ago, you told her the meeting was in Prague. Now all of a sudden you meet with the State Department that's conveniently checking travel histories. Two-way street, two-way, two-ways. And now you're not so sure anymore. And your sources aren't so sure. Who the hell were your sources, dude? I think it's fairly obvious at this point. Now you understand what's going on? Mm -hmm. Listen, I can't make any more predictions. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen. I told you this for a long time. I'm not the attorney general. I'm not whispering in Bill Barr's ear. I don't know. And I don't want you to not be upset. Be upset. Being upset will cause you to vote, cause you to call your congressman and generate some outrage that will hopefully get some justice one day. I'm simply telling you that there are people working behind the scenes who know what I know. Clearly, a lot more than I know. 
And there is a reason this council was appointed to look into the Flynn case. The Flynn case may be ground zero for the Obama administration's abuse of the intel law enforcement infrastructure to target their political, ideological enemies and the use of FBI, State Department, and other government assets to trade information with fake sources to get those sources to rat out people that were their enemies. It's a whole lot bigger than you think. I just don't want you to get distracted by the shiny red object. Let's wait till Durham comes, Durham's investigation into all this comes out. Then we can make judgments on Barr and others. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please pick up my book, Exonerated. I don't, you know, listen, we're way past the, we're the outdate. It's, I promise you, it's not a money thing. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I really just want you to read the book because we put a lot of work into it. And this whole plug and play scheme and two-way street stuff is in there. Check it out, Exonerated, available on Amazon. And uh, check out our YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino if you want the visuals on the show today. We always appreciate it. Thanks again, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.